0: I don't know uh, about you, but over the years, there's been a number of things that have held high value in my life. As I kind of look back about things that have been valuable in the past, uh, as a teenager, I was a huge fan of the band Queen. And by huge, I mean really huge fan of the band Queen. I had a huge collection of LPs and CDs and tapes and cassettes and everything, books you can imagine that were beautifully on display in my bedroom, which now sit in my parents' loft. They've lost their value. They're no longer as valuable to me as they once were because other more valuable things have come along. It's always uh, one of those good icebreakers you do with uh, young people uh, or maybe when you're with a group of people around uh, to ask the question, if there was a fire in your house, what would be the one item you'd grab on the way out? People and pets aside, what would be the one item you would grab on the way out? I'm sure most of you can guess what most people's answers tend to be in this. It would normally be something like a photo album or something that holds uh, so much value that you can't possibly replace it. Uh, A lot of people say now that they would grab their phone, which I think is quite sad because phones are completely replaceable, Um, but some people just would grab anything that they consider to be valuable or irreplaceable. On Remembrance Sunday, we take time to remember those who have given their lives for us. Doing this is important for a lot of reasons. It is, of course, important to ensure that their memory and their legacy uh, continues into our today, that they're not forgotten for what they've done. It's important that we remember that they gave their lives for our freedom. We also think of those who've lost people that they love, and that's why we give space and time for those names to be read and remembered today. A part of what days like today are also like, and days like last Sunday as well, where we remembered the persecuted church, are important because they help us to not take for granted what we have today in terms of our freedom, in terms of our security, in terms of the things that we have in our lives. Days like today can be really important for keeping us in a place of perspective. As we've read over the past year, and even maybe may remember the images from the beginning of the year, of seeing thousands of people having to flee a a war-torn Ukraine, and then we see the incredible generosity of people welcoming strangers into their homes, we begin to think about the things and the people that matter most in our lives. That was one of the overwhelming sentences we heard throughout uh, the pandemic, is it helped people to reflect on what matters most. And it's that theme of thinking about what matters most that forms this small collection of parables in Matthew's Gospel that we just heard read. We know that Jesus loved to speak in parables and stories, and one of the reasons he did that was so that we could read ourselves or find ourselves in that story. Some of his parables uh, were quite lengthy, like the prodigal son, uh, but others are much shorter, like these three, this collection of three parables that we find here in Matthew's Gospel, and there are a series of short collections of stories that follow a similar theme, looking through at what it means to or what the kingdom of God is like. And there's a feeling that I think we can probably all relate to, I hope we can all relate to, that you've had moments or experiences in your lives when you hear a piece of news or discover something amazing um, or we receive something amazing uh, that feels as though we just can't contain our excitement. We want everybody to know just how amazing that thing is, how great that news is. And we want others to know as soon as possible when we receive such news. I don't know about you, but I find at at times like today, uh, and particularly on Friday when we were remembering uh, that, that particular day, I've always tried to imagine what it must have felt like to be somebody on the front line receiving the news they've surrendered the war is over. What that feeling must have been like, and how those who had the privilege of sharing that news must have felt sharing that news with others. Where everything had changed, many films have tried to capture it, and I'm sure they've probably not really succeeded capturing how it must have felt at the time. But this wonderful sense of having such good news to share with others. And that's what we find in Jesus here as well. We find, as we remember the moments of the cross where Jesus died, as we've just done through communion, as we remember our sin being atoned for, as we remember Jesus rising from the dead three days later, defeating death itself, where we find that it was over, it is finished, uh, and that we can have life in him we discover that that is good news worth sharing. It is life-changing news. It was news that caused the disciples to risk their own lives to ensure that many, as many people heard it as possible. It was news that was so good it changed the lives of all who came into contact with it. Uh, and it's news that even 2,000 years later today is still changing lives. It is still good news. It's still exciting. It's still the most important treasure in all of the world. Relationship with God uh, through Jesus in Jesus is what this life is about and the longing we all have can only be found and met in him. And those who've truly found that treasure would tell you that nothing has ever or ever will compare to that treasure. That's why these parables, in the parables, people would do anything they could to protect, uh, but also to celebrate what they found. It's more than just finding life after death, it's about finding life now. But there's another interpretation to these parables, perhaps even a more important one or a more significant one. And it's found in the slight context of what we've had because we've just heard three short parables that follow on from a number of other parables where Jesus is talking about the scattering of the seed in the field uh, and he's talking and explaining what that parable means. And it's in there that we find uh, an an amazing uh, understanding of this parable and this collection of parables that is really important for us to grasp hold of today. And it's this, in each of the parables that Jesus says throughout Matthew chapter 13, the ones that we have here and the ones that come before it, there are generally three elements to them. There is a farmer or a landowner, a person who is responsible for the land or for finding something. And then there is the field itself or the land itself. And then there is the object of the man's attention or the person's attention, whether that's the treasure that's been buried or been found, whether it's the seeds that are being sown, whatever it is. And in verse 37, Jesus explains who those, each of those things, what they represent. He answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man, i.e. is Jesus. The field, or the land, represents the world in which we live. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. That's you or me. What that basically means is that when you understand the parable of the pearl of great price and the parable of the, lost tre- or the treasure that's been found and buried and, and dug up again and celebrated over, is that they are a stories of the lengths that Jesus would go to for you. The lengths he went to for you. For you to have relationship with him. And the lengths that Jesus would go to is the cross and the resurrection. For you. Because you are his treasured possession in this world. And he would do anything, anything he can to be in relationship with you and for you to be in relationship with him. And that's what these parables are truly about. On a day when we remember those who have fought for our freedom, a freedom that we don't take for granted, we also remember that Jesus gave his life for our freedom, and his kingdom is an exciting, life giving kingdom. It doesn't mean that life is easy or perfect, it doesn't mean that it always feels victorious, it doesn't mean that it's always as great as it could be for us, but it is still precious. And nothing will ever compare to the life that he offers all of us today. But the reason that he offers that life is because we are precious to him. May we remember that not just today, but always. Amen.